Welcome to the second edition of Radio KAL. My name is Steve Eunice and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Bailey. Hi, Neil. Hey, Steve. Afternoon. Today I thought we'd discuss the upcoming Superman movie, tentatively titled Superman Returns, and most importantly, the cast that's been announced so far. Oh, what are we looking at there, Steve? So far we got uh, Spacey, Bosworth, Ralph, and, and Eve Marie Saint, right? Any news on that front? We also have Hugh Laurie as Perry White, James Marsden as Richard White, and Sam Huntington as Jimmy Olsen. Let's go through them one at a time and discuss the pros and cons as we see them. Well, I, I did some research on Bosworth. Uh, no, not really. I just watched Blue, Blue Crush, but um, I'm not one to second-guess choices because there's quite enough of that on the Internet for sure. But she was the first person I really questioned because Blue Crush just looked like this total waste of a flick. But if you watch Blue Crush and you you compare her character there, it's, it's, it's easy to slam her for the looks because the, and the internet has surely done its share of that but it occurred to me and it's worth mentioning that she acted really well in that film we have to watch as purveyors Superman information that we don't buy as for instance imagine judging Christopher Reeve on what a skinny guy he was before he made the first film I mean I think I, I think Margot commented on that well in Barry's recent interview that, that five part series you gotta realize that we're not talking about production from a man who's never made a superhero film we're looking at Singer uh, of X-Men fame, and, and if you decry the X-Men films, though they do offer a different vein, vein of filming, a more, more dark superhero. I know what you mean. I haven't seen Blue Crush, but I did catch her in the small role she played in Remember the Titans. And while she's mainly played a blonde in past roles, uh, I hear that she won the part based on the chemistry between her and Brandon Ruth in the auditioning process. Yeah, and if that's the case, more power to him. I mean, many different looking ladies have played Lois. You got Noel, you got Terry Hatcher, and it's not the face, it's the character, how you play it. With with artists, like with comics, it's the character, not the face. But what we're talking about here is a whole differing medium, and I think people easily forget that, especially comic fans who tend to jump on a lot of the things that come out. So hopefully she'll do the part justice and give us a Lois Lane we'll come to know and love. There are, after all, quite a lot of Superman fans who weren't particularly impressed with Margot Kiddo as Lois Lane, so who knows how Bosworth will do. Let's wait and see. Yeah, and, and, and even if Lois totally bombs, they'll forgive it, because it is, after all, a story of Superman, which puts all the pressure on Ralph, in my mind. Which reminds me, we've skipped the major role, Superman Clark Kent. What are your thoughts on Brandon Ralph? Uh, uh, my first impression was that I was worried about his more feminine traits. It's not that I'm against girlish men. Lord knows that I've written enough poetry and I've gotten enough emotion in me to power a house of poetry. But, but when you're Superman, you have to exert that cer- certain something, that manly quality. I mean, but then again, I saw him moving on Will and Grace, don't take the show um, for granted. But if he bulks up, he could be incredible. I mean, largely I adopt your, your, your policy, which is pretty wise, Steve, which is to wait until I see it on digital film. But if I had to make a snap gun judgment uh, gun to my head, I'd say that I'm impressed. I think he's a, he, he at very least looks the part, which is more than we could say for Nick Cage or Brendan Fraser or anyone else they bandied around. And I've been impressed by the reports from some people on the inside. In recent interviews, both Sarah Douglas and Jack O'Halloran have commented on the fact that they've heard that he's probably a really good actor. So, you know, he's got the deep voice, the height, the face, the hair colour. I'm sure they'll place blue contact lenses and... Now getting bulked up for the suit, some muscle. I don't know why, but I'm quietly confident he'll impress audiences as both Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah, and you know, well, you know, being a Luthor snob, I was actually more excited about Spacey. I, since, since Seven, we've all known that he can do that absolutely evil, bald look, and it's one of the few times in that movie you start thinking of evil as potential art, and that's just chilling. With him in that movie, 
if he can carry that creepiness without the Otis over to this new movie, the world may be into the best Luthor portrayal yet. That cold, calculating burn Luthor that I'm particularly fond of and that takes place in the comics. I agree 100%. Spacey has been my number one choice for Lex Luthor since talk of this new movie began ages ago. He's a great actor. I'd particularly like to see Lex Luthor play down the line evil, though, you know? I, the one thing I didn't like about the Christopher Reeve Superman movies was that Lex Luthor was played for laughs. I think Lex should be played as a scary guy, you know, make us believe that this bald guy is a real threat to our hero. And Spacey can do that. He's proven that in past roles he's done. Yeah. Uh, well, there's something to be said about the, the line about number 200 being Otis's weight and Luthor's IQ. I mean, that's a classic moment. You got Miss Tessmacher, which was cool. But th- that was a Superman for another generation, the, the, the last generation to admire that camp in Luthor, which is fading now. I think Spacey's the big draw card much like Brando and Hackman were for the original film back in 1978. Okay, and that, and that Luthor is not unworthy. It's, it's a good Luthor, but it's just a little out of touch now. Spacey's definitely the draw card. And uh, unlike Brando, he doesn't want to play Luthor as a bagel, which one would assume. That's a pretty good sign. Now, what about Hugh Laurie as Perry White? What are your thoughts there? Well, um, I wasn't familiar with Laurie until a reader tipped me off to his past, and he sounds pretty solid, but I'm less schooled in his work, so I'm not sure yet. I mean, he looks the part in makeup, I would, I would assume. I was pleased with the fact that he said he's looking at past work to see how other actors played Perry White. He's not what I'd picture for Perry, but then again, I guess it depends on wardrobe and makeup. And really, it comes down to attitude with Perry. Yeah, he looks a bit younger than I'd expect, but he's 45. I mean, look what they did to Jonah and Spidey. Um, I'm a huge Black Adder fan, and that's the only place where I really know him. But I think, like Jonah, makeup and scene and acting, like I said with Lois, that'll do, that'll do the real trick. If he stinks as an actor, he could look just like the McGinnis drawn Perry, and he couldn't hold water. I mean, <laughs> Storm, you know? It's like, who can argue that Halle Berry was Storm? Body and face and attitude, and yet what a disaster that was because of how horrible her acting was. And that's, that's Singer's disaster, too, I might add. Yeah, well, I think that lawyer from his role in the Stuart Little movies but then again, I'll reserve my judgment until I see him play the part. Which brings me to a little-known relative of Perry, who has also been cast in the film. James Marsden as Richard White. Is he Perry's son, his nephew, cousin, brother? Now, I'm, I'm curious to see if they'll include that Luthor connection from the comics to Perry. Because uh, in, in the comics, as, as you know, Perry had a son who was actually sired by Luthor through, through Perry's wife in an affair. And, and, and that's, ouch, you know, that's motivation for total hate right there on Perry's part. Well, supposedly Richard White is a love interest for Lois Lane, someone who also works at the Daily Planet. Yeah, it'll probably be, be benign, but uh, still, that, that's the Luthor snob in me speaking out. Um, is there any truth to the rumor of Famke Jansen as Lara? No truth that's come out. Uh, she is or was here in Australia meeting with Brian Singer, but it's not known whether they're, they're just catching up or if she's there. There's more to it. Um, she's in the X-Men 3 movie, so it might not allow her to be in Superman anyway, but I guess we'll have to see on that one as well. But someone who we do know is in the movie is Eva Marie Saint as Martha Kent. Not someone I'd ever thought of for the role, but if you're going to cast the older Martha, then I guess she's perfect. Oh, see, I'm not familiar with her in and if I'm not, chances are a lot of folks out there aren't either. You got a little more background on her? Well, she's a classic actress who has starred in dozens of movies. Uh, her most famous role is probably the Hitchcock film North by Northwest. 
Ah, bingo. Yeah, see, see, now I've seen that. It's just six frame reference. I mean, it's just like with Lori. Once you know where they've been, once you realize you've seen more than you realize, that's that's what's so tough about Ensemble. You have a lot of digging to get a feel of what it'll really be like. I'm not sure how big a role Martha Kent will play in this film anyway, but reportedly she's been really keen on getting some flying scenes with uh, Brandon Routh. So, you know, I never know whether that will happen or not, but uh, it's probably just wishful thinking on her part. And she'll probably at least get a flyby like with North by Northwest. That'd be neat. Maybe, but... Now, it brings us to the final uh, casting discussion. That's Jimmy Olsen, who is played by Sam Huntington. What do you think? Well, if you look at his IMDb headshot, there isn't much more of a classic Jimmy-looking pose out there that I've seen. Um, and I'm not amazingly familiar with his work. I've seen Not Another Teen Movie, and My Little Sisters Forced Me Through Jungle to Jungle. But if it's like Routh and the looks of the snap judgment, he's perfect. They just better get his hair red, though. I mean, I need a red-haired Jimmy. There's so few of them. Not sure about the red hair, but he has that cheeky look one associates with Jimmy, and there's somewhat of a resemblance between him and Mark McClure, who played Jimmy in the previous films. I think he fits the part. Yeah, I, I agreed. Well, that's the cast all wrapped up. Uh, I think so far Singer has done a really good job in casting these roles, and I look forward to seeing who else will take the other roles, but uh, there's speculation of people like Jude Law as General Zod and Kevin Bacon as John Corbin, who's Metallo, and Daniel Day-Lewis as Jarrell. But the funny thing about those rumours is that they were reported on SuperheroHype.com, and soon after they put up that report, they pulled it down, but not before the news got out to all these other sites and TV shows and... Uh, newspaper reports, and you know, it's not known whether they pulled it down because they realised it was a fake rumour, or whether Warner Brothers pulled them, asked them to pull it down because it's revealing information they're not yet uh, willing to announce. So I guess it remains to be seen. And remember, folks, unless you hear it here, it's absolutely untrue. Lies. Now, nah, I'm just kidding. I, th- I think the rumours are half of the fun, though. Myself, I mean, law would make it. No case Zod, but given that it takes place after Superman 2, reportedly, there's, there's little to say there, and it just starts the rumor mill grinding and people talking, and that's just a blast. All in all, I think the movie's shaking, shaping up pretty well. I think um, I, I'm honestly glad they waited the 10 years. If they, if they take their time and get it right, it's better than 10 lousy movies, as far as I'm concerned. Well, as for General Zod, it depends on which version of Superman, Superman 2 you're referring to. I mean, there is an extended version out there where Zod and the other Kryptonian villains were powerless and led away by the police so if Superman can regain his powers in that movie why not Zod anyway it's all just speculation at this stage so but it's fun to discuss it so you know it's good true and that that extended cut is awesome if they could incorporate that in there that'd be great but yeah in in reality they can rely on only the fans remembering all the little details so they'll probably fudge a little bit like they did with the X-Men movies and and change certain origins the important thing is the experience in the theater which is Singer pays a lot of attention to, I, I see, and I think that that'll be great. Okay, well, let's move on to the super secret soundbite competition. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Last month, there were a whopping 25 people who correctly identified that the Smallville soundbite came from the season one episode, Hothead. Now, that's a lot more people than I thought we'd get, so well done on that, but uh, we won't be giving away any hints as to which season they're from from now on. Uh, but as promised, I'm going to read out the names of all 25 people who are cr- correctly identified the episode. Uh, so, yeah. And congratulations to all of those winners. I mean, 25 absolute fanatics who knew Smallville better than me, and I'm a geek for Smallville. So, read them out, Steve. 
apologies to anybody whose name I pronounce incorrectly. Okay, here we go. There was Annie H, Paul New, Stephen G, Sam J Rizzo, Comic Kid, Pedro Martins, Captain McSuperfly, Shalamark, Matthew Guy, Jonathan Garfinkel, Daniel McIntosh, Crystal, Mike, Ian Staley, Will McNeil, Rob Jagodzinski, Horatio, Jack Shapiro, so Zach Shapiro, Andrew Peck, Evan Shack, Zalax, Jerry Compton, Allison, Sakura, and Jason Brewer. Well done, everybody. Now on to the new Super Secret soundbite for this month. Coming up in just a few seconds, I'll play a new soundbite from another Smallville episode. Use the competition form on the Radio KAL webpage at the Superman homepage website to enter into the competition and possibly have your name read out in the next Radio KAL show. Okay, here's the soundbite. That's what I love about you, Chloe. You're a fighter. So there you have it. Can you pick which episode that was from? Well, we'll find out next month. Oh, nice one. That's cool. It's interesting to hear Shalimar got the uh, got the last contest. She's a big contributor at the uh, caption contest. Thank, thanks all you guys for helping make the multimedia experience as, as good as it is here on the Superman homepage. And don't forget, Superman Last Son of Krypton, Episode 2. Here's a teaser trailer. A woman of power. I'm not a god, but I'm close. The Metropolis Special Crimes Unit. We're on the same side, Lupe. I know how invaluable the Special Crimes Unit is. A mystifying prison break. He is at Strikers, right? Not anymore. And a dangerous alliance. Mr. Luther has a proposition for you. So, I'd be willing to let you liberate a certain Kryptonian battlesuit from my collection. Issue 2 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton arrives February 23rd, 2005 only at supermanhomepage.com A new feature I'm going to be putting into Radio KAL episodes from now on is Superman in Songs. Now we're about to play a short clip from a song, a popular music song, that has the word Superman in it. There are over 300 in the Superman in Songs list, found on the Superman homepage. So here's one of them. It's Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. That's all we have time for on Radio KAL for this show. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks, Neil, for your help. I hope everyone joins us next month for our third Radio KAL show. Don't forget to listen to the second chapter of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, audio drama. This has been Radio KAL. I'm Steve Eunice. And I'm Neil Bailey. Stay classy, San Diego. You've been listening to Radio KAL at supermanhomepage.com. Bye. (laughs) 